Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And today we're talking earth sugar with Jennifer Myers. We've got products here. I love when we have show and tell. Welcome to the studio. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah, your energy is palatable. palatable. I said I was coming in with low energy today, and uh, I think I'm going to leave on a high. Not because of the sugar, because of your personality. I'm a little firecracker. I I love it. I typically am, and today I'm I'm dragon, so this is perfect. So if you take some time to introduce yourself, tell us about Earth Sugar, and then I've got a lot of questions around the backstory and the product line, and we've already had a chance to uh, make a little connection with uh, Brooklyn, New York, so... Just lean in and tell us who you are. Yeah, so my name is Jennifer Myers. I am 27 years old. I am the founder, and I call myself the chief confectionist of Earth Sugar. Uh, We are a superfood confectionery based right in Tempe, Arizona, just seven minutes down the street from here, actually, is where we do all of our manufacturing. Uh, We create organic, gluten-free, raw vegan snacks, desserts, confections. We use no refined sugar, no chemicals, no artificial sweeteners. Everything is just fruits, nuts, seeds, whole-based foods, um, really digestible, really, really delicious. My goal was to create absolutely delicious alternatives, really just to the desserts that are out there and the snacks and the sweets and kind of all this stuff that really doesn't serve people and their their day-to-day lives. But I do believe in pleasure and things that taste good and, you know, things that make you feel good. So that was kind of my goal was to create this intersection of health and happiness. At 27 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> wow. So you sit right between my oldest two, 28, 26. We already got to talk about Brooklyn and my daughter Madison had been there about the same time you were there in the yeah. middle of the pandemic. And then I was reading your bio earlier. You were led to this um, this opportunity through your own health journey. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I So I come from a, my family had a butcher shop growing up, German, Austrian background. I grew up literally eating only hot dogs, rolls, chicken fingers and french fries and German candy for about 10 years of my life. It's all I would consume. My parents tried to get me to eat vegetables and it was a hard stop. I'd rather eat a cold hot dog out of the fridge. It was crazy. Just drinking mustard. And then I turn 11, 12, I start to go through puberty and my stomach just starts getting a little weird. I would eat food and then I would get a little nauseous. Next thing you know, I have really bad gas. I have acid reflux. Um, It just became like a host of issues. And my mom was like, all right, this is weird. Let's take you to a nutritionist. And so this is, I'm 12. So this was like, what, 14, 13 years ago. So way before people really talked about nutrition and food elimination and diets like that. So she was kind of before her time and she told me to take things out like gluten, soy, dairy, mm-hmm. processed foods. All the things you were eating. All the, the only things I were eating. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go gluten free. <laughs> I was walking around high school and all of our all of our lunches there were just sandwiches, chicken poppers, yeah. fried French fries. So for about two years, I would only eat the carrots at lunch and then I just wouldn't eat. I was really skinny. And it was really kind of sad and weird because I would talk about it and then I get picked on a bit about it. So I was like, okay, maybe I just don't have this and I just push it back a bit. But then it just kept getting worse and worse because, you know, I tried to go to the pizza parties, tried to go on dates, tried to drink beer in the basement like everyone else did in high school. And it just was totally wrecking me. Yeah. 
So it was like, okay, either I choose to feel like this forever or I choose to do something about it. I was just so excited that I had a purpose kind of, of like, okay, I'm going to do something now. Like this, it was kind of fun for me because I wasn't really good at anything else. I was good at writing and talking and, you know, I was kind of average in every other category. So I was like, here's something that I can really learn. And it just became this crazy, really fun obsession of mine. (laughs) So fascinating. And uh, again, we talked about my daughter also has gone through a lot of autoimmune challenges we think we've landed on what it is after eight years of doctor's appointments mm-hmm. and not feeling well and same thing, cutting out things and, and doing elimination diets. So, yeah, you two have a lot in common. There's a lot of us out there now. There's well, millions. Well, that, that's what I wanted to pause and say. I'm, I'm guessing that our listeners, if it's not them who's dealing, dealing with some sort of inflammation or gastro issues, digestive issues, they know somebody very close to them who is. And you said it so beautifully. I know Madison felt like that many times, like maybe I'm just crazy. And and some of the doctors without saying those words specifically Mm -hmm. would leave her feeling like she was crazy. We'd get to the car and she'd bawl her eyes out. That was my life for 15 years. I mean, my poor mother went through like, uh, I can't even, it was horrible. And I did think I was crazy. I flat out thought it was me. I was like, maybe I had childhood trauma or maybe it was like something that happened to me that I just, you know, I didn't know about. And that itself, that thought right there weighed so heavily on me for years because I was like, I'm putting my whole family through hell. I'm putting myself through hell. I'm 98 pounds right now. What the heck has happened? And, you know, throwing away career opportunities because I was going through so many problems. But that's what would happen. I went to, I mean, I've went to like 25 specialists. I even saw a specialist in Australia because I was like gung-ho about figuring this out. And I saw the top professional at Gotham Medical Associates in New York City. I waited eight months for that appointment. And I was so excited. I had like, because I documented everything. I had like all my ledgers, you know, like to the T, like how many times I pooped that day, like water, you know, it's crazy. And he was like, okay, well, I don't really know what we can do for you here. You just have IBS. And he prescribed me this um, like anti-constipation pill. He told me that no matter what I ate, it it wouldn't matter. He said that to me. It's like, it doesn't matter what you eat. And I was like, I was so heated up after that. My mom had to like talk me off the ledge because I was like, I'm, yeah, I was like freaking out. I'm like, this, this man, this yes. professional just told me that it doesn't matter what I do. I will forever have this problem. And I just couldn't believe that that was true because I've seen people heal and I've seen people thrive and who've had problems and grown out of it. But on the flip side, I also saw in the last five, 10 years of my own personal life, a huge influx of people that I've known becoming sick. And not just like, ooh, I have a stomach ache. It's like autoimmune. It's like cancer, hospitalization, hospitalization, Crohn's, arthritis, diabetes, lupus, like really crazy diagnoses that weren't that common years ago. And I'm sure, you know, the data is better now. But, you know, I know a lot of people who could eat whatever they want a couple of years ago. And now they're like, wow, I literally can't have anything without feeling like I'm going to die. (laughs) Yep. Very close friends of mine, we've talked, had these conversations daily about how they're having to really take a look at what are they feeding themselves and how is that impacting their life? It starts off a little bit, I'm groggy, I don't feel great, lacking interest in things that they used to enjoy. And then then the physical things start to show up typically for people. What's sad for me is not everybody makes a decision to get serious about it and knows that they can cure themselves. Yeah. And, and I'm Obviously, neither of us are doctors, so I'm not going to overspeak. 
And at the same time, when we say, I'm going to choose to be healthy and I'm going to find what I need to do to get healthy, um, there's a lot of opportunity for products and food that are, are healthy. So tell us about the research behind this. And, and you, you went to work, you hunkered, hunkered down. Did you know you wanted it to be uh, on the sweet side originally? So no, but I wanted to touch on one thing you said because I thought the same thing. I was like, why are all these people not wanting to get healthy? Because I was so determined to get to cure myself. It was like, I want to be healthy. Mm -hmm. But I realized that even when I had like really severe relapses with my stomach, where it was like three, four, five weeks of chronic pain in a row, I was a different human being. And it was really hard to get out of it, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally. And now that I have my boyfriend, Joey, in my life, you know, I have people who can help me when I go down and I'm getting really sick and I have a support system. But back then when I was like 16, 17, I felt like I wanted to rip my body off of my bones. Mm -hmm. Like I felt so disgusting that I didn't care what happened to me after that point. And it was really hard to pull myself back. And I've always credited my, I am a very strong person. I don't know where I probably get it from my mom and my grandma, but I am a really, really strong person. And there's been times where I was like, holy cow, if I didn't have this mentality, I don't know where I would have been. I could have been 60 pounds of just not ever wanting to eat any food. Mm -hmm. And that was always really scary to me is making sure that my brain space was healthy and staying in this mindset of, no, we have to heal. Like, no matter how bad this gets, like, you will heal. And that's what I see now in America is we are, we do have a prevalence of unhealthy tendencies. But the one mantra that got me through it was, it's not you, it's your food. It's mm -hmm. not you binge eating. It's not you having these insane cravings and like, you didn't ask for this. You didn't ask for a chemist to sit in a lab for three years trying to figure out how to chemically design natural flavors and these different types of ingredients to make sure that if you ate one Tostito, you'd finish the whole bag and open another one. That's not you. That's totally not you. So if anyone is struggling with that, like, I can't get healthy, like, once you stop blaming yourself yes. and you realize, holy cow, these people who I looked up to to heal me or feed me don't care about me and I need to be the one who cares about me, then you're able to be like, okay, you know, even if it's hard to, to juice or whatever you got to do to kind of get back to you'll baseline, figure you'll figure it out. And so with earth sugar, I wanted to do this. I mean, since I was 14, I was writing about these things in my journal because for me, my diet was always so, so limited. I mean, I was eating like five to six different foods, you know, dry chicken, apples without the skin, boiled, zucchini boiled, string beans, bone broth, coconut oil, like stuff to just basically stay, sustain. stay, sustain, you know? So as a means of coping, and I was a writer, so I would write in my journal stories. I would just make up ideas about me going to the bar with a new boyfriend, drinking margaritas and tacos. And then um, I always had an affinity with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, my fitting. Yeah, because my grandma... <laughs> She was a school teacher. We wrote a lot of like stories and plays yeah. when I was a young girl and she would always get me ice cream cake. We would like literally cut it in half and I would eat a whole half. It was disgusting, but that's what we would do. Like we would like bond over chocolate and then it was gone for me forever. Like I didn't even have anything that was even a little bit enjoyable. So I wrote a story once that was called Willie's Ex-Wife. And the premise was that Willy Wonka had a wife who, over time, after being in the factory with him and eating all the candy, she starts to develop IBS and oh, no. inflammation. So she's like, screw you, Willie. I'm divorcing you. 
I'm buying the factory right next door, and I'm going to turn it into a healthy emporium where fruit is candy, hemp seeds are sprinkles, but she's going to make it so fun that all the little kids aren't going to know that they're actually eating healthy foods. So I wrote this whole story. I was like, you know, I remade all the products, the ideas, the concepts, and it just became this obsession. Like when I was in Brooklyn, it was on my walls, (laughs) you know, clip outs, like colors, everything, recipe ideas you know, if I had the ability to build something that huge, but that, that, this came from that That's of incredible. me always being like, when I heal, I'm going to heal the world. It was just that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I have no doubt you're doing that. <laughs> so let's talk about what we have here. These are the energy bars and oh, there's several different flavors, classic crunch, cho- uh, choco cherry, cinnamon raisin and banana bread. I'm getting clues from Daryl to play Vanna <laughs> <Yeah>. White. <laughs> yeah. And this is just four of the products we have. We also have a peachy berry flavor, which is a, a golden berry that's really rich in antioxidants. It's really sour, tart, very vibrant. Mm-hmm. We do have a pumpkin spice and apple pie dropping soon because for fall. Of course. And we do this almond butter. Uh, I call it my caramel snack cake. It's this raw vegan, um, just really nutritionally dense, but like tastes like a brownie. Like I have people eat that who are Oreo eaters and they're like, what are <laughs> yeah. you a witch? <laughs> yeah. Can I open this? Of course. Yeah, definitely. See what it looks like. And where are you? Where are you? Oh, wow. That looks yeah, really so fantastic. There's a couple of really cool things about our bars. Um, how the bars happened because I never wanted to really make a bar. But what happened is I first developed a, um, I was trying to make like a little pie because uh, my boyfriend Joey was like, oh, well, if you're going to make something, make a pie. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I've always had an affinity for raw creating, um, not cooking, because when I first started getting healthy, I lived in Penn, I lived at Penn State and I lived in a dorm smaller than this room with another girl. Penn State had zero gluten-free options, which was crazy because the school was huge. And I would walk to all the corridors, like the commons to try to find snacks. They only had gluten-free pretzels and gluten-free buns. And I was like, okay, what the heck? So my mom would actually ship me up food in the mail Mm -hmm. for about two months. My my poor mother, she was shipping me up and like weird stuff too, like Fruit Loops, Hot Pockets, like gluten-free granola. And all of it had like sugar and because not no gluten-free things back then were like right. um, good, like healthy. And and I didn't know how to do anything yet. So I was just trying to just find quick food. So I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then what happened is I, I bought a blender and I was like, okay, it's me and my blender. I plugged it into the wall and I was like, what can I do in this thing? And I literally fed myself out of a blender for a year. Like I would go to Wegmans, come back and I figured out like just raw stuff like fruits, vegetables. I made salads in my kitchen and in my, in my dorm, you know, just stuff that didn't require heat. So that's how I ended up, you know, cooking and forever, like moving forward to even then, like, as I got into my own apartment, I just really barely turned on the oven because I loved the, you know, chopping. I loved things with texture. I I really got to learn about food because you, you know, once you're not cooking things, things change when you cook. So when it's raw, you really have to understand how the stuff's going to stick together, you know, different types of flavors. And it's really pretty. Like it's just cakes are beautiful. And I was like, Oh, I just want to do raw desserts. So I'm making this pie and I give, I do this crust. I just throw all my favorite ingredients in a blender. Um, Mesquite powder has been one of my favorite ingredients for years. So throw it in the blender. Yeah, so mesquite trees, right. the trees all over Arizona, those pods, those annoying pods in everyone's backyards that they complain about. If you grind those up, they create mesquite 
powder or flour, which is was used as a you know a sweetener. It's a regular flour, so you can actually bake with it one to one, same swap as traditional flour. It was a staple in Western diets um, for I mean centuries up until the Industrial Revolution, and then you know white flour started coming in, and we stopped really kind of like navigating our own food systems. But it's high in protein, it's low glycemic, it's great mm. for diabetics, and it smells wonderful. So I was just like, I'm going to throw this in there, uh, make this pie crust, smack it into this tray, and I go to the bathroom, I come back, Joey's eating the crust. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, Because he always does Delicious. that. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you eating the crust? He ate the whole thing. And I was like, dude, I was going to make you pie. He's like, that was perfect. I don't I need anything else. And I was like, huh. So I was like, okay. So I was like, I'm going to start a company. And I'm like, I, I just wanted to do it, right? So, and I had the name Earth Sugar. It was something that I had, I had said it actually in Colorado. We were on a ski trip and Joey, I was on my rants about food as they always, like, whenever you hang out with me, I'm ranting about something. So I was like, oh, why don't people just eat like earth foods? I don't get why we just don't eat earth sugar, like apples and fruits. And then I was like, oh, earth sugar. I was like, that's cool. And I was like, trademark. I, I, I do that too. I wake up in the middle of the night. This is a brilliant idea. Go, yeah. look at the, go, go daddy, grab the URL. Yep, did, did the whole thing. Several of them are sitting there not doing yeah. anything. Yeah, me too. I was just like, in case this is what I want to yeah. do, I'm going to, like, everything. I just was like, I'm going to do it. So I was like, okay, well, I have this bar idea, or it wasn't a bar yet. It's still, it's still a slab pie crust. at this point. <laughs> it's a slab of pie crust, right? So, and I'm literally, that's how I'm making it for people. I'm making a big slab. I'm cutting it with like a knife and I'm sending it through the mail in a Ziploc bag. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I should try to see if people want to buy this for me. So I go on Facebook. I'm like, hi guys, I started this company, Earth Sugar, blah, blah, blah. It does this. This is the goal, you know, healthy vegan treats. If you want to try samples, Venmo me $25 so I can send you a little box. And I thought I was going to get like five people. I got like 80 or something like that. It was crazy. So, and by the time, this time I was back home in New Jersey. So I run home. I'm like, mom, I need the kitchen. She's like, what did you do? And so I, I have my blender. I have all my ingredients. I have my notebooks from seven years. So I'm combing through my notebooks and all of my favorite recipes that I have made were in there. So I basically just started by making my five favorite things. This bar was in there. My sunflower crunchies, which I also sell a, a version of that was in there. And then like a, I don't know, some like peanut butter ball or something, which didn't really work. But so I deliver all this stuff all over New Jersey. And the next day I, I text all my, you know, my customers and my friends. And I'm like, what did you think? And they're like, whatever this slab was, was the best thing I've ever had. So I was like, okay, cool. That's my first product. Yeah. So I was like, all right, now I'm going to take this slab and I'm going to bring it down to the coffee shop. And I lived in the Biltmore area first when I first moved here, Common Sea Coffee was downstairs. So I was like, maybe he wants to sell this. So I like, I bring him, so I'm like, well, I can't sell it in this like slab. So I cut a smaller portion. I put it in this big brown like bag and I put a sticker on it and I walk down and go to the barista and I'm like, hello, sir. Like I made this, um, would you sell this here? He's like, I'll try it. He tries it. I had made up some flavors. He tries them all. He's like, this is the best thing I've ever had. He goes, but this is stupid. He like looks, he's like, I can't sell this. He's like, <laughs> oh, no. if you put this and he goes, if you turn this into a bar, I'll put this in six of my locations. And I'm like, what? And so that was the CEO of the coffee chain that I was speaking to. And I like, he doesn't live here. He lives in LA. So he was just here for a 30 minute window when I decided to walk downstairs. So I was like, oh my God. And I run home. I'm like, Joey, I'm kind of excited, but we also have a problem because at this point I'm, I'm working out of my apartment, which is illegal in Arizona under the Cottage Pantry Act. 
if you're doing raw foods or stuff that has a low moisture, which is why I started doing raw foods specifically. All It was all working in my favor. I was like, oh my God, I could do this out of my apartment. It's legal. This is wonderful. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to figure out what to do. So I, I had um, a magazine background from Penn State. I would graphic design and I had all these ideas for my whole life just thinking about it. So I d- developed all my packaging. I called companies. I got the boxes made. I figured out how to smash, to, to make bars at scale, smash them with my From own hands. From slab to bars. From slab to bars. I trolled around the container store to try to find a mold that I liked. And we ended up finding this baby food mold that I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. So I'm using this mold. And within a month, I had delivered him product. And he was like looking at it. He's like, earth sugar. He's like, I don't know. If pe-. He's like, I don't think people are going to like this. And I was like, I just made this up. So I don't know if they're going to like it either. But the next day, I did my first farmer's market at Carefree. And that was October 1st last year. So this October would be my one year since I literally even made this up. (laughs) And yeah, and it was like, I started the markets and we had a line like the first day. People were like, oh my God, like, how long have you been in business? It's groovy groovy (laughs) packaging, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just the colors, the taste, the flavor, the allergens. The, you know, yeah, the was- ingredients are fascinating. So cashews, dates, coconut, bananas, mesquite, which I'm fascinated by, cacao, uh, nibs, maple syrup, sea salt, crystals, and I'm sure it varies a little bit yeah. with each of the things. A year. Yeah. And now we're in 40 stores. We ship nationwide. Did, I do. Daryl, did you introduce her to Laura yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to talk to Laura. I, I was busy this you month. Do, but. Yeah, you two would. I mean, you you have such a similar passion, and yeah. she's a she's a great person to know. In um, any way, I can connect with people like that. It's always really exciting. Right, and then there was somebody else I was going to ask if Daryl had connected you with already. My mind is just reeling with, <laughs> and, and clearly, you don't need a whole lot of guidance because you're flying already. Wow. Exciting. 40 different stores. Yeah. So, and, and not only in Arizona, we're in stores in California, um, Los Angeles, Texas, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. A lot of it word of mouth? Yeah. Pretty much all of it word of mouth. Half of those accounts actually reached out to me, which was, I, I mean, the coolest thing ever because they met me either in person or at the market or they were my customers. And why, why I did it this way is, it's funny, all of my past jobs have now informed my future in ways in which yes. I can't even, you know. That's, that's Phoenix Business Radio for me. Yeah. Same thing. A culmination of everything that everything. I've ever done landed right here in this room. Well, yeah. Two rooms before this one. But and yes. I didn't even know I had the skills that I had yeah. until I started doing it. And I was like, darn, I'm good at this. And that's, I was like, that's, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I just was like, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do wholesale now. And I spent like a month just walking into every single store, meeting meeting all the local business owners who were ever were kind of in our realm that mm-hmm. would make sense there, but also like yoga studios. And then, you know, coffee shops are huge for us. Hotels in the front of the hotel chains, little grocery stores, boutique stores, juice bars. Yep. We have a juice bar in Texas called Raw Republic and they sell so many cakes and bars. It's so cool to see, you know, people in Texas and in LA, people DMing me being like, oh my God, I found your bar in Los Angeles. Like you were the coolest person ever. And I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah. You know, and then I have all of my friends back in Bergen County and that whole community. I mean, it's just been awesome. They're ordering from me. We were, I'm just going to be on the cover of Northern Valley Living Magazine next month. And my whole family was on it. So they did like a whole family feature, which was great. And to have this much 
like love be received from it. Like I can't even tell you my emails, my text messages, people cry at my farmer's market table when they try my bars because a lot of the people are like me who've been so restricted for so many years that they have nothing that is exciting for them. So that's why I did the rainbow and the colors and the brightness and the stickers I do. And like every time you get a package, I want that to bring you joy because for, for me, like I didn't have that forever. Like all of my, all of my happiness, a lot of this was just personal self-work that I did. It was all self-generated because I didn't really have a lot of, you know, outside things that like really helped me during that time because I was just very isolated. Like no one knew about health um, in my family, really, you know, we're all trying to figure it out. I didn't have any friends that were particularly healthy. Yeah. So I did pretty much all of this navigating by myself. And then, you know, now I have a lot more resources, but it was just really cool. Like, you know, that I like I'm that person now that people call or text or look up to. And I'm like, holy cow, like I wish I had me back then, you know, because I didn't believe for a really long time that I would be where I am now, where it's like my stomach's fine for the most part. And I do have days like if I have a a weekend where I eat something that and I do still maintain like a very careful diet. But if I do have anything that kind of sets me off, even then it's not it's not as bad as it used to be. It used to be, oh my God, it used to be everything. It used to be the only thing that I thought of. And now the space that I've created in my brain for other things to grow, it's like, oh my God, I don't have time for that. Like, don't slow me down. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, social media. So we talked, uh, you shared that a lot of this is word of mouth, people reaching out. How are you utilizing social media and that presence? I, I would I would imagine that's benefiting you. And what platforms are you on? Yeah, we do Instagram, trying TikTok. I have a lot of people who want me to do more like speaking engagement type things. So once I have a little bit more free time, like I'm trying to really um, speak more like just on video. I am writing a little book um, called Looking Like a Snack, which I actually talk about the snack industry, like how it was created, like why snacks are what they are and like how we got from, you know, just eating chips to like what we have in the store now. It's really, really fascinating. And I love learning about those types of things because it makes it, I, I feel like it stops people from being like, oh my God, I just have to follow a diet. I have to do this. I have to do paleo. I have to do keto. I am vegan. You know, you start to own these titles and that could be really damaging. If you're, you're experiencing a diet that's not not working for you, you're not checking in, but you've made it your whole life and you're, it's in your Instagram bio and, you know, and then these companies, they're like, you know, they attack that. They're like, this can have a tribe, you know, how do we tribalize these things? And that's why everyone now is fighting, you know, their ketos are fighting the, the vegans, the vegans are fighting the carnivores and the, the one thing that we should all have in common is the quality of our food and where, you know, who we're supporting with our dollar. Because um, food is a political opinion. Like where you shop, yes, where you purchase yes. food is a political opinion. But because food is so special and it's so treasured and it's, you know, it has all these um, emotion attached to it, we don't think about that. So, you know, you, we can be all political. We could be all riled up about things and then we'll still go buy Oreos or we'll still go buy you know, pizza from a place like Domino's or whatever these places are that aren't really out to take care of us, you know, because their marketing tells you that they are. Um, but at the end of the day, I always say, like, if you have a human cooking food who doesn't have hu- who doesn't like human beings, you know, that's a problem. Like this is I feel like I have one of the most important jobs. Like I am I am making what is going to be part of you. Mm-hmm. And that that I take really, really seriously. Are you part of local first? 
Arizona? Um, I, you know, I recently did an event with them, but I don't think I'm a part of the organization. So you're the female version of Thomas Barr, really? <laughs> which is super cool. <laughs> His passion is, you know, local businesses, of course, yeah. and, and, and business owners. And yours is food. I, we need to make that introduction as well. Thomas does his show, Arizona Good Business, uh, with us um, every couple of months. I, there's a lot of energy and synergy there. And equally important, you are an Arizona darling, <laughs> an Arizona snack. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's what um, Kimber and, and Thomas are all about, making sure that we are supporting local businesses, right? Yes. So we'll need yeah. to make that introduction. And I know there's one more, but I'll, it'll come to me later. I love that. Arizona's so cool like that. That's why I stayed. I yeah. came here on a one-way ticket on vacation and I was like, I'm staying. And so you met your boyfriend <laughs> here? Yeah. So that was crazy. So I'm living in Brooklyn. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Like, this is where my soul goes to die. Like, some people love New York. It was like, not for me. I was holed up in my little apartment and it was, the sky was gray. And I was like, I need the sunshine. I need to wear my colorful sundresses and skip around the street. So I'm like... I need like, to be a snack. I need to be a snack. <laughs> so I was always obsessed with Sedona. I used to do a lot of Tai Chi. So in my Tai Chi studio, there was this big uh, picture of Sedona up on the wall. And I was like, I'm going to go there. But then they quoted me like $6,000. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm never going to go there. But then, so I'm on Instagram one day. And this guy, Joey Rizzo from my high school, DMs me, my boyfriend now, and he's like, oh, have you ever been to Arizona? Like, he just brought it up casually because that's what he does. I've now come to learn that he wasn't hitting on me. He just he just does that. He just brings up, you should come here because he loves this place so much. He wants to tell everyone about it. So I was like, hmm, Arizona, that's close to like Sedona. I was like, Phoenix, is, I think they're close. Okay, booked a one-way ticket to Phoenix. And I was like, I'll be there on Monday. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm going to be there on Monday. And he goes, oh, do you want to ride from the airport? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you want dinner? I'm like, yeah. So he picks me up from the airport at like 12 at night with dinner, a gluten-free bun, uh, like a burger. I was like, this kid is great. I was like, who is this? You know? And so we went to high school together and never met. We never spoke. We never crossed paths. He's three years older than me. He grew up door to door 0.4 miles from what? house. Yeah. Never talked. Um, dated like two guys on his baseball team and I never did know him. Um, so I get out here. He's the first person I meet when I get off the plane. He gives me dinner. Drops me off my Airbnb. He's like, do you want to come to 530 hot yoga in the morning? And I'm like, I love him. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I want to go. Real? To- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, you know, that's this is all I do is I go to yeah. yoga. I eat veggies and I'm a total like little hippie dork like that. So I was like, um, yes. And then he I was like on this like girl power journey. So he was and he's a big hiker. So he's like, well, you know, if you really want to experience Arizona, this is all the stuff you have to do. And he gave me like a 75 point list of like hike every mountain. And I hiked every damn mountain in this state my month out here. I hiked, I mean, I drove the Tucson by myself, Flagstaff, Sedona, ran up and down Camelback, Superstitions, like Grand Canyon, like literally everything. And he was like, this chick is crazier than I am. I think I love her. And then we went to Sedona together uh, one weekend. He was just showing me around. And we like both got ATVs. We like ripped it for six hours. We're covered in dirt. We're running up the mountains. And he's like, I've never met anyone like you. And we literally fell in love in like two weeks. It was crazy. And I was like, oh, this sucks. I came out here doing like a girl trip. You know, I downloaded all my dating apps and I was like, delete, delete, delete. It's like, I literally found my universe partner. He was so cool. He's my best friend. So I was out here for a month, like just hopping around Airbnbs. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to move here. So I got an, an apartment and then I called my parents. I was like, hey guys, so <laughs> long story. What? They're like, where are you? Because at this point, I wasn't really telling them what I was doing because I had I had to at the time. I was like, I need to just go somewhere yeah. and like get this out of my system. Like, don't bother me. Um, but I called my dad. I'm like, 
Hey, Dad. So, long story, but I have a boyfriend now, like, and I'm moving. To, it was like, he was like, what? But now they say that they're so happy that I just booked it out here because there was nothing for me back there in New Jersey. And, like, I needed to go do this. Like, I've been talking about doing something silly like this forever. So, Joey was like, okay, let's fly back to New Jersey together, um, grab your stuff and road trip. So we flew back to New Jersey. Um, I drove up to Brooklyn, literally gave away my stuff. I was like, friends, take it. I don't want it. It's got bad juju. Take it. I'll restart. Put up, you know, my put all my journals, my my clothes, um, my blender, my my dehydrator in my Subaru. And we did a 13 day road trip from New Jersey to Phoenix. We drove down the coast of Florida and then across And it was so cool because it was still during the height of COVID. So no one was out. Like we were alone on the highway. We were staying in the fanciest hotels for like $100 a night, like eating like fancy steak dinners. You know, we slept on the beach. I was like this. It was literally a fairy tale. We were having so much fun just on top of each other for like 12 days. And then I came here and we were just, you know, we were just together. And then that's when I was like, okay, well, I want to I'm going to start this business. And he's like, well, let's go to the farmer's market. So I'm walking around the market. I'm like, dude, I think I can make some money here. Like, I'm an East Coast girl. I can talk. I can sell. Maybe I'll give this a shot. So that's like how this all started is I'm like, I just ran up to the booth. I was like, hi, I'm Jenny. I have an idea. Can I join your market? And they were like, "Um, yeah, you're fun. You know, Christina, she's my girl. She does the Old Town Farmers Markets. Like she was the first person I met. And she was like, here's my email. Whatever you do, you got to sell it. (laughs) And then I just started the markets. And then I was like making money, like real money where I was paying my rent. Like I didn't have to go get a job. Like I was making money. I was like, oh, my God. I called my dad. I'm like, dad, I think I got a business. He's like, just keep going, kid. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. I turned, Joey, I got to meet this Joey. You got, you got, yeah, Joey's, he's the best. He's, he's, he's incredible. He works for me pretty much full time and he has his own full time job because he's remote. He works in mortgage. So he was working out of my apartment while I was making bars yeah. and I converted my whole first apartment to a kitchen. Like he wasn't allowed to touch anything. I'm like, this is your corner. Don't leave your corner. <laughs> you can't go near the stove. You can't touch anything. Like I would yell at him all the time. So eventually we're like, okay, we can't do this in the apartment anymore. So this is another cool universe thing. I'm like calling commercial kitchens because I'm like, okay, I need a kitchen. And this is like a big step because, you know, I'm going from my apartment to a real space. And I've never had a kitchen before. I've worked in food labs, but not like a kitchen kitchen. That's mine. So I called the shared kitchens and a lot of the shared kitchens in Arizona. The issue is that there's no 100 percent gluten free, allergen free kitchens. They're all shared by a lot of businesses a lot of cross-contamination. And my one thing was like, I need to be in a clean space. So I'm like looking into kitchens and I'm like, wow, this is a lot of money. Like, how the heck am I going to do this? Because I didn't really want to get any investment yet. Like I wanted to just try the idea. Um, I I have no personal debt. So I was like, I don't want to mess with that. You know, like, let's keep this, keep this in the good spot. So I'm just like calling and calling and I'm like, oh, I'm screwed. Like, what am I going to do? Out of the blue, I, I see this little ad pop up. And it's from the Tempest Hotel that they're renting out their kitchen space because they don't use it. So I call the guy. His name is Tori, the manager. And he's like, well, yeah, we're renting it out. But it's kind of been an issue because it doesn't have an oven, doesn't have a stove. (laughs) You can't cook. And I'm like, what does it have? He's like, it's got everything else, the floor drain, tables. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to see this space right now. So I hang up. I drive over there. I walk in and I'm like, this is my kitchen. And I'm like, I want it. I'm like, this is perfect. It was, it's literally built for a raw operation. There's just tables, plugs, you know, it has the three-phase power, everything I needed, fridges, everything, like freezer, fridge. I was like, dude, are you kidding? Like, I can have this? 
for rent? And he's like, yeah, just this is the rent. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, like I'm moving in. And then we moved in and I was like, bam, I have a business. I got a kitchen. I got a permit. You know, I got everything. You got, we, we registered with the FDA. I was like, oh, my God, like there's nothing in our way now. So we just like hit the gas. So back to the bars, too. So how we make them, we built our own air compressor because they're raw. So I, I'm still at this point, when I get in the kitchen, I'm still doing this with my fingers, smashing it with a baby kid um, <laughs> container. Right. So I'm like, I have carpal tunnel at this point, and I'm crying every night to Joey. I'm like, can you help me figure this out? And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this. So we're walking around a carnival in Mesa, and we're getting lemonade. And I hear this like, and I look over and this guy's smashing lemons with a hydraulic press mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we run to him and we're like, hello, introduce ourselves. We're like, can we please borrow your lemonade smasher? Because I think this might work for what we're doing. He just gives it to us for two weeks. He lets us just play with it. So we take it to Home Depot. We're like, OK, we need. So my dad's a plumber. So I'm like, dad, what I need a hydraulic press. I'm like, what am I looking for? He's like, OK, you need an air compressor, you know, this and that and make sure it's, it has to be food grade. So it needs this this cover and this portion and blah, blah, blah. We bring it to the metal fabricator. I'm like, I need this fixed. I need this size. And then Joey brings it to the kitchen and we smash our first bar. And I literally started staring crying. I was like, oh, my God, like this worked. I'm like, I couldn't believe it worked. So it's my whole kitchen's raw and it just presses with air. So we just all day long smashing thousands of bars with an air compressor. Um, So we just blend, we air compress, we press it, we smash it, and then we just wrap it and then that's it. That's done. So it's it's like the easiest. It's like it's so fun to do. I love producing. It's how do your arms feel? It's so much better now. Now, you know, what's funny is now um, now we're making a lot more cakes. So I had to get acupuncture in my sh- shoulder. Because now it's um, like a shoulder issue. Because now it's a shoulder <laughs> issue. So now it's just moved to a different spot. But we're going to do the same concept. They just got to get a, a bigger, you know, circular mold, yeah. press it down. And that was really cool when that happened because I had called 15 co-packers who told me that I would never be able to scale my bar. He's like, you, you're never going to be able to do this. Never, ever, ever, ever. You need an extruder. You need a, a hundred... That's like a $180,000 machine, by the way, um, an extruder or a slab line. And then you either like you can lease it or you can, you know, you can buy, pay in installments. And it was like $13,000 a month installments. I was like, yeah, right. So like for us to do this was so cool. And like to scale it now, like we just we're just getting multiple air compressors, um, like one human being. I make about a thousand bars a day. Um, sometimes I can make more depending on how much we're blending. And now we're just getting the bigger, you know, bigger machine parts and mm-hmm. things are getting more heavy and le- legitimized. Like, oh, my date pace is so big. Like it's but it's awesome. I'm not I'm an athlete. I did CrossFit for years. So a lot of the stuff that I'm doing in the kitchen, I'm so, like, I've been yeah. training for this forever. Right. <laughs> oh so you've got quite an Arizona community. I mean, you have communities, yeah. little pockets of communities yeah. you know, wherever you've spent time. Uh, but I love that you've highlighted your Arizona people. Oh, my God. I love them. Like, yeah. they're my family, especially Old Town, because that was where I first really started to get, um, like, true fans and yeah. friends. Just people coming to my table. Like, I'm setting up at 8, and I have a line, just people wanting to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, so cool. Like, people email me, like, hey, how are you? Are you still doing well? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing great. Like, thank you for checking in or, you know, putting me on Fox News, putting me in magazines. Like all of my press has also been organic from my customers. A lot of the journalists were my customers or um, one of my one of my customers, he used to be in PR. So he does. He just sends out my bio to people just because he's like, this girl's so cool. You have to meet her. And I mean, like, wh- where else does that happen? What other Arizona. state does that just, happen? It, Not it in LA and New York, Arizona. that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's fascinating. Not everybody has your vibrant personality. 
However, we do hear a lot of stories like this around how much magic uh, people feel through Arizona Connections. Yeah, it's uh, Bob Fabie we had on not too long ago. He has um, an incredible company, Fabie Insights, and they're all around dignity and communication and wellness. And I think he and his wife have been here, Daryl, do you remember like six years, seven years? I might be off. Uh, but the same thing. He's felt like, you know, this is home. I've been here since 79, a transplant from Northern California. Yeah. And, and Arizona is home to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, I just thought of the other two introductions. Um, Arizona Sustainability Alliance. Oh, yes. Do you, I, you already know them? I met I met someone in that organization. I have his business card, but okay. we haven't had a formal meeting yet. I, a formal meeting mm-hmm. is a must. We just had them on uh, last week, I believe. Very cool. And um, they have a, part of their educational program is around, you know, food source and, and obviously sustainable foods. So that's be a great conversation. And dang it, if I can't remember the other one I just had a second <laughs> ago. I don't remember. It'll come to me. Yes. So clearly you're on your way, uh, thriving and having a, a smile <laughs> that, that supports everything that you're doing and, and a great team. What introductions, if you did if you did look into the future and you said, okay, I need to start connecting with these organizations or these people, who who is that for you? I'm really just trying to connect with obviously, you know, more store owners. What I do is kind of what you what you do is like I love to send my customers to other businesses. Like mm-hmm. I do my own press to send business to other places because I don't want to have a store. I just want everyone to have you know, their own love and their own connection mm-hmm. with the product and their customers. So that's powerful whenever I can find someone who's willing to, you know, open up their space or to bring the bars into their space and sell it to their customers. Yeah. Um, also, anybody who kind of like organizes any health-related events, um, any, you know, wellness events, I always kind of give snacks to like the yoga events and the the hiking events and pretty much anywhere where there's just some type of good vibe and good energy around, there could be a snack. So (laughs) I really like teaming up with those kinds of people. I'm also really trying to get more kids to be involved. Kids love my snacks. Um, My whole thing was tricking. Yeah, I wanted to trick them into thinking it was a candy bar, which it's so funny because that's what moms say. They're like, they they think this is candy. And I'm like, that is exactly what I wanted to do. Um, Because in the beginning, people were like, oh, well, it's healthy. Shouldn't it be like more earthy looking like brown and green? And I was like, yeah, but then it's going to end up stuck on the shelf like (laughs) everything else out there. I'm like, why not make it fun? Like, why not get people excited about doing something different? So kids absolutely love the bars, which like every time a kid likes it and doesn't spit it out, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Bear Essential News, maybe Daryl can connect you with um, Kelly, uh, not Lorenzen, Kelly Green with SciTech Institute. Thank mm-hmm. you. They do a lot of uh, writing for Bear Essential News. That'd be a fun article for someone to yeah. write an article about you. It's a, it's a K, K8, maybe K6 yeah. newsletter. And I remember the other introduction, Dory, uh, Dory Morales with Green Living Magazine. I, I actually think yet? they um they just they're writing an article on Good. it. Yeah, I just I'm, finished my. I'm interview. sure she would love. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Any t- anytime I can talk about my story, specifically with stuff revolving around my belly, because you know no one talks about this stuff on and, the level that we need to. And, and the it's families imperative. that have. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's fine. The families who are struggling, like you did, like I did. I mean, I just remember laying in, in bed awake, thinking, "I know she's not faking. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to help her." And she was in so much pain. And at the time in her life where she should have been thriving, right? Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, no different for you. Well, I think too, like girls specifically have much more chemicals coming at them. You have mm-hmm. birth control pills. You have feminine care products, perfume, deodorant, hair, makeup. makeup. I mean, you name it, it's on our bodies. 
so for me, like learning and learning about this stuff sucked, right? Because I was like, wow, I know way too much now. This yeah. is not fun. But ignorance isn't bliss when you have problems. And a lot of the times, too, people are like, I'm sick. It must just be because of what I ate. And sometimes it's not because of what you ate. Sometimes it's because maybe your shower doesn't have a filter or maybe yeah. you're using a product or, or like, you know, a perfume or there's an oil in there that doesn't vibe mm -hmm. with you. There are a lot of hormones in our food, specifically a lot of estrogen, um, something like in our food and in our, mm -hmm. in our products, you know, something like primrose oil. Um, there's, there's a research study that like if a woman were to use that on her breasts and breastfeed a baby boy, like he would grow, he would grow breasts. Mm -hmm. Like it's that concentrated in estrogen. And there's a lot of stuff out there that we're all battling. You know, men now have lower testosterone just because of chemicals and, and women. And, and that's the thing, too, is like, we're all crazy. Like, women are crazy. Like, no, we're not. Like, we, some people have horrific hormone imbalances. And your doctor doesn't test for hormone imbalances. Um, they don't run <laughs> blood panels. They will yeah. literally be like, no, you're fine. Like, nothing's wrong. Because we don't practice that kind of healthcare here. Yeah. We, we, when people get sick, then we're like, oh shit, how do we get yeah. you back to kind of being okay? But we don't look at healthy people and go, how do we prevent anything like that from ever happening? How do we get you even healthier? And, or get you even healthier. Yeah. Like we're yeah. all just kind of waiting until we're sick. And then we're like putting ourselves into drive to try to get back over that right. hump. Right. Um, but by the time you're, you know, you're that far gone, like there's a, that's what, that's a lot of work, you know, yep. and that's, and that's really sucks. It's a lot of work. It sucks. And it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's and it, it can be done. Yeah, well, the, the body is like amazing. Yes. If you just treat it well for like two weeks. It'll thank you. It'll thank over you. Over again. Yeah. Yep. And I, I say to everyone, I'm like, if you could just do something for two, two weeks, you get up yep. a little early, you drink water, you know, you eat properly. You'll be like, oh my God, in two weeks, my inflammation's gone. You know, yep. these urges I'm having aren't as bad. You're like, you start to get excited. And that's what I think earth sugar is, that feeling right there when you're like, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, when you've gone from never really taking care of yourself to like starting to be healthy. And you know that first feeling, like yep. maybe it was your first run and you ran a mile and you're like, oh my God, I ran a mile. Like yep. I can do this. Like that feeling is what I'm trying to create with my products because a lot of people who eat my bars and my cakes haven't ever had something healthy. You know, they're very addicted to sugar or they're looking for something mm -hmm. sweet that they can, that can help them like with those cravings. So when I meet them and I give them this product, they're like, holy cow, a gluten-free thing could taste good. Like I didn't know this could exist. I didn't know healthy could be good. Yeah. What else could be good? You know? Yeah. And then it sends you down that same rabbit hole that happened to me. And I've met, I've met customers like recently I saw one of my customers, Ed, who I first met him way back in October, he lost 75 pounds. And I was like, Ed, where'd you go? He's like, well, you told me if I just eat banana ice cream and I just eat fruits instead of uh, like regular ice cream and this and that, I'd get healthy. And, you know, I made ice cream. I, you know, he I'm blended bananas it. in the morning and, and he's like, and then I just changed my whole life and it's all because of you. And I was like, cry. I was like, what? I was like, I didn't know that you were listening to me like that. But that was really cool to see that happen and to see it now happen with dozens and dozens of my customers yeah. being like, now I'm looking at everything else in my kitchen and, you know, you've helped us fix our whole lives in a way that wasn't fear mongering. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't attacking every, anybody. I'm never going to tell anyone that I feel like they need to lose weight or to, to change their lives yeah. or to eat better foods or to put those words on that because we're all on this journey together. Like the only end goal is health and happiness. Like if I'm doing anything to make you feel bad while you're trying to make those decisions, then I'm not doing my job because... 
Like that's the worst when you go to a personal trainer who has absolutely no education in, in fitness and nutrition and just got, you know, a NASM certification, which is very, very easy to get starts to tell you what to eat and starts to tell you to do bicep curls. And you're like, this sucks. And it's like, that's not health. Like, that's not for you. Yeah. Like, go play pickleball, make a set, you know, do something, do something that serves your soul. You don't have to jam yourself into every single, you know, same hole that um, that America likes to do. It's like, here's the way you how to do it. And then yep. that's how it has to be done. And that's yep. not team, true. Team uh, gluten-free, team paleo. Like yeah, team crop. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it doesn't have to be. I mean, those those are healthy healthy guidelines and a lot of great suggestions. And still, at the end of the day, we have to be our own greatest advocate. Yeah. America has—it's uh, so funny. I don't think we have a sugar addiction. America has a restriction addiction. We love to restrict ourselves. We love to restrict our pleasure. We love to go crazy and then the next day restrict everything. We're like, oh, restricting fun, going back to work, going back to dieting, taking away this. I'm not going out. I'm not going to drink. Blah, blah, blah. Like, we're just like, I'm going to restrict, restrict, restrict. And then it explodes because obviously, like, (laughs) you can't. a little box. Yeah. And it's, and everyone's in that cycle in one way or one way or another. You know, we we get these obsessions. We get stuck in this crazy pattern until we have a mental breakdown. And then we realize that was bad. And then we're like, okay, we're not going to do that. And then the next week we do it again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And it's like this crazy cycle that could be very, you know, hard and very just, you can't get out of it. And once you can get out of that, of those cycles and realize how expansive your life can be, if you don't limit yourself and you start to get curious about all of the other foods that are out there, um, because the American diet is very limited. There's not many things in it that when you go out to a restaurant, it more or less is the same menu. Like whenever you go, salt, you know, Sugar. Caesar salad, there's a steak, there's a burger, there's pasta, yeah. there's pizza. Where's where's the buckwheat and the quinoa and the pumpkin seeds and the sunflower seeds and the teff? Like there's so many other ancient grains and fruits and nuts and seeds and vegetables and stuff that like squash. Squash is on any menu. And I'm like, why is no one looking at this, the vegetable department here? Like there's so many fantastic things that you can do with food that we just don't. Like there's the the culinary innovation beyond, you know, once you get, of course, to the fancy restaurants, that's a different story. But the typical day-to-day food of a regular human being or a regular col- college student, where what are you going to eat that's serving you when you go out? Like right. you can't, there's nothing on Mill Ave that's going to make you feel good and go and go to class and have a great day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I came in dragging my butt today and I, I feel like, wow, I'm ready to go now. Uh, you, are, you are contagious, Jennifer. I oh, love thank it. you. Uh, it's been a fun opportunity to connect with you. And I know you and Daryl had already hit it off. So I'm grateful for Daryl to making sure we had you on today. I've jot, jotted down several uh, introductions. So we'll make sure that we take care of that. And hopefully you'll stay in our sphere. Oh, definitely, <laughs> I know we're going to yeah. be, we're gonna be uh, circling in yours. Uh, how can folks uh, get a hold of the product? Uh, do you, you ship online as well as the, the brick and mortar and the farmers yeah. markets? We ship nationwide, um, www.loveearthsugar.com. If anyone listening wants to order, you can use the code EARTH20. It's 20% off your first nice. purchase, so which is great. Um, and then we do a lot of farmer's markets. Fridays, we're at Carefree. Saturdays, Gilbert, Old Town, Chandler, Roadrunner, Park West. Sundays, we're going to do like High Street, Ocotillo. We're still up in Sedona and Flagstaff. We do Sundays up there. And then you can pick up from us from our Tempe location. Um, you're easy to find me. I'm all over the place. Uh, Joey's my so. delivery driver. We're literally going to be all over the state yeah. soon. So, yeah. Well, we, we, I hope we can help you do that. Yeah. Uh, Love, Love Earth Sugar is kind of the handle on social media as well as the website, loveearthsugar.com. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> so fun. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect with the right people. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business and earth sugar. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.